You're in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. Played some softball for the first time today. We're, we're two and a half weeks until opening day. We're getting there, baby. We're getting there slowly but surely, as you hear on the weather forecast. But uh, we're getting there. It'll be spring and summer and fun and St. Patrick's Day and all those things before before you know it. Uh, 800-321-0710, the number to get involved. Uh, we've got a lot to do tonight. Uh, we'll have our Mets Spring Training Report. Mike Puma, the New York Post, will be with us uh, at 7.05. We'll dive into the Giants and Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, making some more poor decisions, uh, which we'll get into. We'll tell you what was good over the course of this weekend. Dive into the brackets much, much more as we roll until 9 o'clock tonight. Uh, but we start with uh, Neil Walker signing on, as it turns out, with the New York Yankees. He gets a one-year deal, guaranteed $4 million. He can add another half a million to that, uh, depending on how many plate appearances he has, according to Brian Hoke of MLB.com. And uh, this is a, a spot where I talked about it last week. You know, Neil Walker could have been a real nice fit and you know, some great back up in depth at the very least for the Mets. And at the start of the offseason, maybe he wasn't on anybody's radar as the guy the Mets had to have. But the way that the spring has played out where you have a right side of the infield that is up there in age, that has had some health issues in recent years, as Drupal Cabrera hasn't looked especially fluid uh, this spring. Adrian Gonzalez certainly has not at 36 years old, coming off a season that was essentially lost because of back problems last year. Neil Walker could have you know, backed up the Mets and or taken over one of those spots potentially at both second base and first base. He hasn't played a ton of first base over the course of his career, but he's more than capable of playing it considering Dom Smith, the guy maybe you wouldn't want to block at the outset of spring training, has had the kind of spring that he's had where he's been hurt, showed up late for the first game. Uh, This spring doesn't seem to be an answer for the Mets early on this year. This is something you could do to protect yourself. In a one-year deal, uh, you have familiarity with Neil Walker as well. Maybe there were some bad feelings between he and the Mets with how things ended last year and the extension talks that didn't come to fruition during spring training last year. But consider the difference, just the difference between the Mets here and the Yankees. And the Mets, you know, you could point to the areas where they might need some help on the right side of the infield that Neil Walker can provide. Uh, on the Yankee end of things, he's basically you know protecting Brandon Drury or you know, Greg Bird to some degree at first base or, or Tyler Wade or Ronald Torres. Uh, they have Glaber Torres. Miguel Andujar has had a tremendous spring training uh, and has emerged as a you know big prospect for the Yankees. And Glaber Torres, of course, you know the top prospect in the entire sport uh, right now as well as he comes back from Tommy John surgery. Might not be ready at the moment, but the Yankees they're deeper. They have more veterans. They have more kids on the way that you'd be afraid of blocking than the Mets do in this spot. If you wanted to argue that, well, the Yankees have more of a need for them, I don't think they do. I think the Mets have more of a need for somebody like Neil Walker. And listen, it's easy to 
you know, start a radio show and say, Mets should have signed this guy. Uh, Mets, you know, should go after this guy. And left and right, we, we do it all offseason long. But this is a spot where it really would have been a nice fit and some great protection for the Mets and the right side of the infield for some problems that you can see during spring training. You can see that his Drupal Cabrera is not moving fluidly right now. You can see that Adrian Gonzalez doesn't seem to be on his way to turning back the clock and being the guy that he was a couple of years ago in Los Angeles and you might very well have a lot more of what you saw last year when he hit three home runs at about 250 plate appearances. which You just can't have that at first base. Uh, So that's where I do think you know Walker could have helped out this Mets team in a nice way and I I know it's easy to point to, hey, they should have signed Jake Arrieta, they should have gone after uh, Jonathan Lucroy, they jump after Greg Holland. You can always play this game. But in Neil Walker's case, you see some issues there on the right side of the infield that Neil Walker uh, could have protected you against. And and one thing to keep in mind as you look back on what has been, uh, in fairness to him, it's a, a wonky, wonky offseason in terms of you know the middle class of players just not getting paid a whole lot over the course of this uh, offseason and waiting until March 12th, in the case of Neil Walker, to finally find a job and a home. Uh, but the Mets picked up as Drupal Cabrera's option $8.5 million at the start of the offseason. Neil Walker is going to be guaranteed $4 million this year, less than half the half the price. You could argue which player you'd rather have. Uh, I'd rather have as Drupal Cabrera by a whisper, but consider... That when you know looking at this whole off season uh, as well that uh, you know financially at least in that spot and, and maybe in the case of Jay Bruce as well the Mets might have been able to do a little bit better uh, you know I'm not gonna you know kill them for that you sign who you need to sign when you think it's the best time to do that but so many of these guys have seen uh, their value just crater and Mike Mustak is settling for one year six and a half mil Logan Morrison coming off a 38 home run year as well settling for one year six and a half million dollars uh it has it's been rough it's been bloodshed for the players in terms of if you just look at it as a negotiation against ownership overall uh and you know the yankees the the latest team to take advantage of that you know neil walker's not a, a superstar he does have health issues with the back um but He's not someone that you necessarily count on to be an everyday player. He's someone that you count on to, you know, be a depth piece for you and, and give you another option at second base, at first base. He might be able to play a little bit of third in a pinch as well. He could be an everyday guy for you if uh, he is healthy, but he protects you. And I think it's protection that the Yankees take advantage of. The Mets don't. And an example of, you know, some of the differences between this club. And I'm telling you, I'm not just, you know, reaching out. Hey, Neil Walker got signed today. Let's complain that he should have gone to the Mets. I talked about this last week. I thought he looked like a, a real nice fit, uh, for the Mets. And, you know, they didn't jump in on, uh, on this one. Uh, as for what's happening at Mets camp today, they get the day off. Uh, and, and maybe one they could use. Mickey Calloway, the new manager, uh, maybe putting his, his foot down and changing the tone of spring training training a little bit yesterday as Callaway uh, maybe lost a little bit of patience with his team but you know certainly said they got to be better than they've been we have some work to do on our fundamentals we got to throw the ball where we want to throw it we got to we got to do things a little bit better than we've been doing it you know we we had a little talk about that this morning and uh 
you you have to throw the ball where it's supposed to go. You have to run out balls, and uh, that's going to start happening. There's fundamentals that you have to do to play the game right, and we, we can't throw the wrong bag and throw balls away. And uh, we, we have to play the game the right way if we're going to win. We, you know, we have to do it better than everybody else. I think we're still trying to get uh, a feel for, for these guys and, and the baseball that they know. And, um, you know, it hasn't been ideal. I'll say that. I mean, I think we need to get, do a better job at it for sure. Now, the Mets, the worst record in spring training of any of the 30 big league teams at 5 and 11. Doesn't mean anything. They could cross it off the list. But uh, for Callaway, you know, he's watching this team lose a lot of games, not play especially great baseball. But these are things that, you know, it hasn't been totally unfamiliar what you've seen over the course of this spring training. These are issues that, you know, the Mets have had for years. They've been an offense first team. They're going to make some mistakes defensively. This will be the key, though, for Callaway as he tries to establish a new culture. And remember, when he came in, what he bonded with Sandy Alderson about was leadership, was accountability, was the kind of culture that he wanted to build. This is where the evidence of that comes into play. Uh, you know, it's great if guys get along. It's great if you go, you know, shark fishing together one night and everybody has a great time. What people want to see and the evidence of a, a positive culture on a team and how it relates to winning games is you want to see the extra hustle. You want to see guys, you know, give you a, a little extra. And that's something that Callaway is pointing to. You want to see smart plays, good fundamentals, right? The things that you practice on, that you drill on, that are, you know, just bored into your mind over the course of spring training you got to focus enough to you know take that and and bring it into the games and control what you can control you can't handle a ground ball so be it uh that's a physical error but the mental errors you know this is what needs to be cleaned up you know from last year as far as this Mets team goes and in my opinion as far as Callaway goes hey the honeymoon the, the get to know you part of spring training that ended today with the day off now they got another week and a half of until a day off. After that point, it'll be about getting ready for the season. But for this week and a half, maybe this is where Callaway starts to crack the whip a little bit. Maybe this is where he puts his mark on this team, on this season, of how he wants to see them go about the game. So Callaway, I, I was a little perturbed about how the team's been playing. You know, they haven't been winning a whole lot of games, some sloppiness. Will they respond? How will he go about cleaning it up? Those will be, you know, some of the questions for the next week and a half, uh, you know, more so than just the latest update on whatever Mets pitcher threw on a given day. But those are the big things that you want to figure out in spring training. And then if you hit the right note, might carry over and be impactful uh, throughout the season. Uh, we'll give you an update on Jacob DeGrom. Was able to pitch this weekend, hit 98 miles per hour. It appears he'll be okay. Uh, you'll hear from Callaway on him. Uh, and much more. We'll have Mike Puma, the New York Post, on the Mets as well. Coming up at 7.05. We can mix in some Mets calls. 800-321-0710. Uh, we'll get into Odell Beckham and a certain picture that's been circulating through the newspapers, through social media. And how problematic is it? Is it surprising? in any way, shape, or form. And we'll have Pat Leonard, who covers the Giants for the New York Daily News and thinks the Giants should be investigating a trade, uh, sending Odell Beckham out of town. Uh, we'll have Pat on with us at 6.35. So a lot to do tonight. It's the Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. You're in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. 
right, 800-321-0710. We'll get to Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, in a few minutes. Uh, we'll have Pat Leonard covers the Giants for the New York Daily News uh, with us. We talk about what they could do at number two in the draft as well. Should they be looking to deal Beckham after uh, these photos service? Uh, a lot to do there, but uh, we'll talk some Mets here. 800-321-0710. George in Fresh Meadows. How are we doing tonight, George? Good. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for calling in. What's up? I just want to talk about Sandy and what he's done the last few years. I just, I just got a feeling that he doesn't, that he hasn't been uh, criticized as much. For example, in '15, I think the only big move he made was signing Cespedes. But if you think about it, he signed Cespedes at the very end when the other teams didn't really want him, and he signed him for like a record, uh, you know, record amount of money. I think he overpaid for him. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I like Cespedes and all, mm-hmm. but I think he overpaid for them. And in '16, after the Mets. Made it to the wild card uh, and got eliminated right away. What did he do in the off season? Well, he brought back he Cespedes did... again. No. Um, yes, well, he did. He signed Cespedes twice. He signed him after 2015 on that one year contract, and then he signed him again after 16 to the four year contract. Right, and he kept the other players like uh, I, I forgot the, the our lefty lefty reliever and a couple other guys. Blevins, but he kept yeah. he, Blevins, right? He pretty much brought back the same team. Don't we want to yeah. improve? Be improving the team. And uh, and what what about this past year, this past winter? I mean, I'm thinking he yes, he signed Bruce. I like Bruce. He signed Frazier, but the guy's batting average is so low. I'm just thinking how lucky we are that the market is as as cold as it is that he was able to sign these guys for the price that he got. But I mean, he, well, is that a I Sandy a problem, or is that him not having you know the money necessary to go out and 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 sign guys that can help out? I mean, yeah, you can say ownership as well, but I'm just thinking, you know, he. He, we could have signed Lance Lynn for one mil, one year, ten million. Yeah, uh, and, and think about and think about the reliever that we signed uh, in December. What I forgot his name, but um, Swarzak. Right, but it, it, I always feel like they're always falling behind. Falling. Well, the relievers got paid. Uh, they were the one position that did. You know, if you want to say in retrospect they overpaid for Jay Bruce, I think you can argue that. I don't think you can argue they overpaid for Todd Frazier or Jason Vargas. Those guys were later in the off season when everything started to to crater a bit. Um, but to me, I mean, if you wanted Jay Bruce, you wanted to bring him back, it didn't look like a bad deal at the time. I still don't think it's a bad deal. Were there other things the Mets could have done if they waited until March 10th? Sure. But I, 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 how could anyone foresee a free agent market that we've never seen before? I and mean, it's been wacky here, George. That's true. But I'm thinking, you know, the market went for, didn't go from hot to cold in a blink of an eye. I think the market was shifting. Over the last couple of years, I could yeah. be wrong, but when no, Cespedes... you're right. And this has been when a trend. Cespedes... Thanks for calling, George. This has been a trend where teams try to wait out the players. Uh, teams want to wait. Last year, the Mets didn't sign Blevins and Salas until, I believe it was February. Uh, the year prior, they didn't sign Cespedes until mid to late January. So the Mets have been part of this trend in the past. You know, they were a little more aggressive than other teams this past offseason. Uh, and if you want to, you know, nickel dime, hey, they could have saved X amount of dollars on Jay Bruce and they could have put it towards Lance Lynn later or, or one of these other players. But this has been who would have thought Mike Moustakis would be signing a one year, six and a half million dollar deal? You can look at some things in retrospect and second guess, and you know I guess that's fair. But this has been such a brutally odd 
market. You know, in my opinion, Walker, I just want to see them be aggressive when there's an opportunity. Now, I thought, well, we're about three weeks into spring training. You've gotten a look at Estrubal Cabrera and Adrian Gonzalez. You could see the right side of the infield being a problem for this team. And they're not so gifted offensively that they can handle you know some dark spots in the lineup. They need these guys to be productive. Neil Walker backs you up at two different positions, maybe becomes the better player, especially at first base, in my opinion, and you know, could end up landing a lot of at-bats for you. It takes the pressure off Dom Smith. Kid needs to mature at AAA, you think? Well, leave him down there to do just that. Look at what the Yankees do here as you know they have a, a number of prospects coming up the pike, and are they blocking these guys, or are they, uh, you know, giving them some time to season? They don't have to be rushed. They don't have to come up and perform right away. And if a, a certain day comes, whether it be mid-June or whatever, where Glaber Torres is a better player than Neil Walker, guess what? He takes over the position. Uh, 800-321-0710, and we'll take some more calls uh, coming up later this hour. Uh, but, of course, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, some more drama with him this weekend photographed in bed uh, with a, a model. Model was in the room. She wasn't really in bed with him. Uh, but he's eating pizza. He's got what appears to be a blunt in his hand. And there's cocaine in the picture as well. Uh, now, the cocaine is off to the side a little bit. But whatever's going on there, he shouldn't be in a bed with cocaine and having it blasted all over social media in the back page of the tabloids. Right? I mean, that's all you can really ask here. Now, in my opinion, this doesn't change the way that anybody looks at Odell Beckham Jr. If you didn't like him on the Giants before, oh, look, another reason why they should be moving this guy or they can't sign him to a big contract. If you like Beckham, thinks he's a tremendous player, nobody's surprised by this. This isn't stunning revelation that you know he's in Paris hanging out with models and these kinds of things are around. Now, uh, are you at a point where you start to worry about him? Uh, well, you know the 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 hard drugs are in the room. It doesn't. You can't tell whether or not he's using them. Uh, you know the the marijuana don't test positive for any tests to get you know suspended. That would be one of the big things to me. But the the one fear that you have is if there's ever an off season where Odell Beckham Jr. has all the motivation in the world to. Maybe not keep a low profile, but at least not have pictures like this come out and go public. It would be the offseason where he's trying to become one of the highest paid receivers in the NFL. Wouldn't this be a time where you don't want a photo like this coming out or behaviors like this uh, to be present? So uh, we'll talk with Pat Leonard of the New York Daily News. Should the Giants be reacting to what they saw are they surprised by what they saw? Uh, we'll have the Giants beat writer for the Daily News, Pat Leonard, with us when we come back. Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. It's the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on 710 WOR. A oh, big week uh, for both of the NFL locals here, the Jets and the Giants, as the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes will be starting in a couple of days. Technically, they can start uh, chatting now, uh, but uh, it'll be madness. And the Giants, of course, uh, the number two pick in the draft, uh, trying to fill some holes as well. They, they cut Dominic Rodgers Cromartie yesterday and some more drama uh, with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. And welcome on right now. Pat Leonard covers the Giants for the New York Daily News. And Pat, it's great having you on. How you doing? 
Pete, very well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, I'm excited. This will be a uh, a crazy spring for the Giants, no doubt. Now, and both these teams, you can have, you know, we could have two new quarterbacks in New York in a couple of months. So it is uh, a huge off season for both the Jets and the Giants. And the Giants, of course, also have uh, drama that will extend beyond free agency in the draft with Odell Beckham Jr. and whether or not he gets his contract, does he show up? And now this past weekend, a picture surfaces on social media of him in bed with a model, a pizza, and some drug paraphernalia would appear. Uh, what do you make of what we saw from Odell Beckham Jr. in that photo? Yeah, I think even if you give him the benefit of the doubt, and even if you say that you know he didn't use drugs in that in that scenario and he was just putting himself in a bad position, the mere appearance that he's around drugs and you know in a compromising position in that way and that he, he's making that kind of news is just another level of the same concern that John Mara and Dave Gettleman have to have when they're talking about investing potentially $100 million and you know 60 at minimum of that guaranteed in a young man like that who is very talented, but the Giants right now are all about cleaning up their organization to act, and this type of thing is definitely going to hurt Beckham in the wallet remains to be seen how long this will drag on now the Giants could completely back away from negotiations if they want they can control him for three more years with the fifth year option and these two franchise tags on top of it or do they explore a trade which is what I wrote in the Daily News today you know I think if he doesn't fit what they see their franchise needing to be they need to explore all their options but at the end of the day do you think this is surprising to the Giants it isn't, but that's the disappointing thing. I think you make a great point there. Like, It's so disappointing that they have the same conversations with him over and over again, and the same things keep happening. And I've, I wrote this, and I've said this. I think Beckham is earnest when he sits there in John Mara's office or Jerry Reese's before whoever's, and he tells them he's trying to do the right thing. He's trying to mature that he, like, he does try. I mean, he wants to win and be his best self. I don't doubt that. But there's some disconnect between his intentions and his actions, and it's gotten to the point where, as you correctly note, it's not a surprise. Does that affect his trade value if they do try to trade him? Um, I know this, though. The Giants have to be – if they were, they were already second-guessing, they have to be doubling back again on whether or not they want to invest long-term in this man, even though he is as talented as everybody says. And how much do you think this could affect him in in the wallet? Uh, and, you know, Again, if it's not going to be necessarily surprising behavior, you're basically making the decision, oh, is this guy talented enough as a wide receiver that we don't need him to be a leader? All he needs to do, right. catch passes, you, you deal with the rest as it happens? Is that good a receiver? That you know, right. that becomes the argument more so than well, we got to change the whole culture, and and this will be how we'll start by excising, uh, you know, an immensely talented player like Beckham. Well, I think no matter what you're paying him, as long as you're on, he's on your team. You have to be wondering: is this going to be the Odell Beckham show featuring Eli Manning and the Giants, unless he's off the team? So that would be the first thing I'd say because of the type of grand personality he is and talent, but also. I think, let's say this, there were reports, uh, NFL Network reported that he was looking for more than $20 million a year, and that would make him the highest paid receiver. Now, I've talked to people who have said, you know, forget any of the other factors, he's definitely worth $15 million a year just based on his talent and what the, what the market is for wide receivers. The problem with that is if Beckham wants to be the highest paid receiver, that would not make him that. That would put him behind 
not only Antonio Brown, but also DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Evans, who just got a new deal that's paying him 16 and a half. Now, it, you know, 15, 20 million, are we talking about? He'd still be a very highly paid receiver, no doubt, but it's also about the guaranteed money. So not only would his average annual possibly be a lot lower, but if the Giants were going to give him $60 million guaranteed on a $100 million deal, and now they're saying, why do we have to give you more than 20? We don't want to wrap that much money up in a guy who we know we can't control and can't trust to be on his best behavior. So that would be the most significant area, the guaranteed money. And again, we're talking with Pat Leonard of the Daily News. And yeah, it's a great point in the different ways with these NFL contracts that players can be hit. Uh, you wrote, you think the Giants should be you know, assessing what Odell Beckham Jr.'s trade value might be. Uh, do, do you really think that Giants should be looking to trade Beckham right now or just calling I around? I mean, if I'm if I'm Dave Gettleman, I'm gauging the market. I mean, if, and if I'm – here, here's how I feel about it. I listen to John Mara when he speaks, and I think everybody who knows him agrees that, you know, he's tr- what he's telling you, he's try- when John Mara is talking, he's trying to be honest, he's trying to deliver, um, you know, the, his true feelings about what he wants the franchise to be, whether it's that he's embarrassed, or whether it's what he wants to happen or wants to see or wants the franchise to represent. And when I hear him talk and then I watch what Beckham is doing and I watch these types of distractions and behavior, I see that they do not align. Now, I don't know how many instances it will take for Mara to say enough is enough, but I do know, and we all know, that after the incident in Philadelphia on the field when he lifted his leg after scoring the touchdown, that Mara sat him down and basically said, enough is enough. He later said on ESPN radio, he said that he held up a picture of one of the back pages and said, is this what you want your legacy to be? Mm -hmm. So everybody has read him the riot act. And especially where the Giants sit right now, as they do their homework on the draft, they're at number two. If they could move up to number one and get more picks from the Browns next year, um, or if they could, you know, swing a deal with a team desperate for a wide receiver like Chicago, you know, who needs somebody for Mitch Trubisky to throw to, uh, you have a lot of GMs right now who have shown a huge appetite for trading, more so than we've seen in the past. So I think there's no question about it. You would uh, you would kind of put feelers out into the market. And that you know, potential deal with the Browns is, is something you wrote about that I find interesting. We'll, we'll circle back to it. Do we know, have uh, as Dave Gettleman, the new general manager, have he and Odell Beckham Jr. had any conversations? Have they reached out to one another at all over the, the last few months? Yeah, they actually they talked in January, and um, you know, basically it was Gettleman telling him what they expect, and also trying to trying to learn about who he is. Because one thing Gettleman stressed is that he wants to know the why behind everything. That not just Beckham, but any player, whether it's Eli Apple or whoever, he wants to establish his own relationship. And so, he had Beck, or Gettleman actually told us at the combine that he's texted with Beckham now and then just to see how he's doing especially checking up on his rehab and that Beckham every now and then is back here in New Jersey, New York, uh, you know, to kind of show the Giants his progress or uh, basically get checked by, you know, by the doctors as he recovers from the ankle surgery. So they had been in constant touch with him. uh, But I thought, you know, the tweet that he sent out when he would, that he would play in zero preseason games, I know he says it was misconstrued, but shortly after that came the report that he wants 20 mil plus, um, and that he really is going to dig in for that type of amount. And then then comes this, and this video comes out at really the worst 
possible time for Beckham. I mean, it couldn't be any worse. He has so much to lose. You could make the argument with his $25 million Nike contract for five years that he signed, which has incentives that can bump it up, that he might take a few million less because he already has this money. He doesn't want for it. But you could also say on the flip side, that would make it easier for him to hold out for a bigger deal Mm -hmm. from the Giants because he has this money coming in from Nike. So it could go either way from his standpoint. But this is for sure. You have that much on the line. It's such a big offseason for Beckham. You want to keep your nose clean and and not find any trouble. And uh, Beckham uh, unable to do that, uh, as as we saw this past weekend, as we chat with Pat Leonard of the Daily News. I I could ask about the draft and the Giants' plans. What I find interesting is the idea of trading with the Browns for number one. Why would you look at that as something advantageous? I mean, obviously you're moving up a spot, but is there a way that you think the first round or those first couple of picks might play out that it would behoove the Giants to move up one spot? Yeah, I, th- I think the way it would play out that way would be if the Giants quarterback and the Browns preferred quarterback was the same guy. I think that's how it would work out. Um, you know, Saquon Barkley's a special player, and I'm not saying the Giants won't take him, but I feel like their needs between, you know, between the fact that when you're that high in the draft, you take a quarterback, Gettleman's a disciple of Ernie Acorsi, who valued the quarterback when you're at the top of the draft, um, and then they also desperate for offensive line help. So there's a guy there, Quentin Nelson, um, who can help them a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they don't take Barkley, but I do think that trading up to one would involve a quarterback that maybe both teams coveted. And in that scenario, though, if the Browns were set on taking that QB at one, uh, then maybe they wouldn't trade the pick under any circumstance to anybody. But you saw the Bills today as part of a – trade uh, of their left tackle Cordy Glenn to Cincinnati they swapped one of their first round picks with the Bengals and moved up from I think 21 to 12 so there are teams outside of just the Giants and the Browns jockeying already getting up higher in the draft you have the Jets too at six the Broncos at five so there's going to be some hot competition there so I think anything that the Giants can consider that can give them a leg up if they need it is something they need to pursue. Yeah, it's interesting. The Bills jumping up to 12 after trading Tyron Taylor at the end of last week. And you have the Cardinals at 14, a potential quarterback needy team as well. And, and some of these things will change with free agency. Uh, but from the Giants' perspective, they won't be in on Kirk Cousins or, or signing a quarterback. But what do you expect will be you know, the biggest uh, hole they'll be looking to fill this upcoming week? It's definitely offensive line, and Andrew Norwell is the guy who's made the most sense from day one. Um, He is the Carolina Panthers all-pro left guard who has hit free agency and is the big fish, so to speak. Uh, Nate Solder, a left tackle from the Patriots, Mm -hmm. is also an attractive option, but there's already been talk uh, of either the Patriots re-signing him and being a great location or the team like the Houston Texans and Denver Broncos both showing interest there. I think Norwell, because Gettleman signed him originally out of Ohio State as an undrafted free agent in 2014, you know he values him. You know the Giants need help. Gettleman has talked about improving the line, even on the interior, not just on the tackles, because I think his quote was, You'll never, I've never seen a quarterback who said to his lineman, just let him through the middle guys and I'll, take it, I'll handle the rest. <laughs> so uh, Norwell could really help them. And Justin Pugh, who has been their left guard, He's versatile enough and good enough where I think he's going to get too much money on the market uh, and end up going elsewhere. He wants to win right away. 
So offensive line is where you have to look for the Giants to improve. But there's a lot of holes they're looking to fill. They need some corner depth. Um, we still don't know what they're going to do with Eli Apple there, but they need corner depth after releasing Rogers Cromarty. I think they need another receiver, especially if they, as a lot of people expect, but hasn't happened yet, that they cut Brandon Marshall, which mm-hmm. would save them cap room. They could, of course, keep him too. So a lot to watch there. Is DRC out, uh, you know, him being released this weekend? You think that's part of a, the culture change uh, that, you know, Dave Gettleman and others are trying to instill, or is that reading a little bit too much into his suspension last year? I, well, I think, no, I think a little bit of it has to do with that. I, I think most of it, though, is that they could save $6.5 million against the cap by doing it. Um, and, you know, he's, he, has, he is a guy who tends to be banged up, but he also plays through injuries. I mean, a lot of us, myself included, a lot of people cover the team, even though we saw the financial savings they could obtain by cutting him, we're still not sure whether they'd actually do it because he's so versatile. He played the slot when Apple got drafted. He likes playing on the outside and can play the outside. They even had him at free safety at times last year. So they're really missing a huge kind of um, Swiss Army knife in their defensive backfield there, and that's a position that every team always wants. You know, it's a, it's like a defenseman in the NHL. You can never have enough of them. Yeah, and uh, uh, so yeah, going back to my old beat there. So <laughs> that was a that was an interesting decision by the Giants, but clearly they need cap space if they're going to sign a guy like Norwell, and if they're going to give Beckham his extension, and then go get other pieces too. Sure. Uh, big week, not just for the Jets with Kirk Cousins, but uh, for the Giants as well as they try to you know, fill some holes and, and get ready uh, to see what they can do in the draft, of course, as well. Pat Leonard, New York Daily News. Thank you, Pat. You got it, Pete. Thanks for having me. All right. Good stuff uh, from Pat Leonard there. More on Beckham when we come back. We'll have our Met Spring training report at 7.05. You want to give us a shout? 800-321-0710, the number. Again, 800-321-0710. It's a sports zone with Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR.